and welcome to a special edition of the Final Whistle Podcast. Join with me as always is my excited electric boss, Don Walden. He seems a little bit more excited than usual because we got some company in the building, don't we? It's about time. I, I, I'm so sick and tired of seeing your ugly mug around there <laughs> constantly. Oh my god. It's nice to actually have some guy, you know, some some familiar people and familiar faces to the you know, kind of talk a little, um, I believe, a little hoops action yeah. we're going down with today. Yeah, I'm talking about the annual Vista Holiday Tournament, or as I like to call it, the Trevin Birthday Classic. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. It starts on December 28th. Uh, starting off with the, uh, we decided the face of the tournament, Mike Taco. Mike, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Second year he's in the building, and again, joining us again for the second year in a row, Clarkson coach Justin Jones. Justin, how you doing? Good to see you all. Happy to be here. Made it through the snow. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, last year's champion, Coach of Lapway Wildcats, Zach Eastman. Zach, how you doing? Doing pretty good. Um, thanks for having us, and it's good to be here. Yeah. Zach, I'm going to start off with you. Uh, last year's champion, you know, last year when we uh, would talk during the season and when we talked leading up to the tournament, it seemed like winning the Avista tournament was really a big deal to not only you, but the community and your guys last year. Yes, I mean, basketball in the Valley is just a great time in, during the holidays. And we have great teams that are right here in the Valley. So it's really nice to know that we don't have to go all these places to find great games. For, and we can have them, some of the best basketball in Idaho right here in the Valley. So it's nice having this in our backyard. How nice was it last year to uh, finally, you know, hoist yourself in a Vista Holiday Trophy? Um, it, it's always a good. We have goals, and to get to achieve a goal is always great. And so that's all we try to do is we try to make goals that are um, high, and we try to achieve them. And we we did get. It could have went either way every game during a Vista. That's what was so fun about it that you know one quarter swings one way, and we don't win. So. Um, I'm really happy that our boys did come out with the win, but again, it was it's fun basketball to be around. And then Justin, of course, last year you had one of the uh, for the podcast listeners one of the most infamous matchups <laughs> um, against Annie Wright last year, and you know you made a, a solid run. You know what was what do you kind of remember from last year? Uh, well. Zach's being very nice. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it was as close as he's making it out to be because uh, uh, we were we had a tough time, you know, hanging around with them for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, the first game was was a really fun game for us against Annie Wright. Um, although Don picked against us, uh, and, uh, and and we ended up winning that game, which was uh, okay. Maybe, Zach, whatever you say, <laughs> maybe the maybe the highlight of of the tournament. But uh, no, but in all seriousness, it was. Um, uh, it, it was a fun game, you know, and Annie Wright ended up being a very good team throughout the year and, and are again. Um, so, that, yeah, that was, a, that was a fun game. And then, you know, our, our, uh, our present for winning that was to play Lapway. And, uh, and, uh, bah humbug, huh? Yeah, yeah. And, and um, you know, the, they had a very good team last year and, and another one this year. And uh, uh, so, yeah, that was a tough one. But, um, you know, we, we, we were, it was a su- successful tournament for us last year, uh, even though we dropped that one with Lapway. And you've been around this tournament for a long time, too. What does this tournament kind of mean to you and your boys over there? Um, you know, it's funny. I just had dinner with a bunch of alumni um, on uh, on Tuesday night. And uh, that was one of the first things they talked about, you know, was uh, they're going to stay here until uh, Vista's over with them. They're going to go back home or, you know, go back to school or whatever they're, wherever they're going. So it's a big deal for them. 
um, you know, we've been lucky enough to have um, really good teams that have been here as well. And so the, the experience is, is really fun because of the competition, but then you're at home and then you're playing at LC, which is such a great facility. So there's just, there's everything that you want in a holiday tournament is there. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a really mainstay of our, of our schedule. And uh, a lot of times you can go to holiday tournaments at times, and I'm sure Zach can say this, and um, they're not great, you know. And for us to be able to have that right here uh, with the sponsorship that we have with the Vista and the way that they make this come together uh, is really a special deal. It really is. Can I talk about that a little bit, Mike? You know, this is, I believe this is the 10th year that uh, we've, we've had this tournament, you know, kind of talk about the, you know, the genesis, the start of it, and to, you know, how much it's grown. Well, it, it was 11 years ago because we missed one. We missed one with, COVID, the, but this with the pandemic, yeah. So we're calling it the 10th annual. You know, it really started with Shannon Wilson, who is still the director of athletics at Clarkston, and Kevin Driscoll, who is now the principal at Lewiston High School, mm -hmm. he was the director of athletics. And they, um, they wanted something for their kids to do during this week instead of practice and they wanted games, but they didn't really want to travel. And so they, they came to me, I think they knew that I loved sports and loved <laughs> basketball, and, and they said, would you be interested in, in, in sponsoring this? And, and it took me you know, about a second to agree. And so it was four teams for the first five years, and then we had people asking to come play. And so um, we, of course, had to work with Lewis Clark State to get another day, which was a three-day deal. It used to be just a two-day deal, and they were fine with it. We do have to work around their schedule, and they have home games, you know, on the 30th and 31st. Right. That's why we're maybe a little one day, maybe earlier than we would have been, but that's okay. Um, and so we've just we expanded it to eight, and um, we we still have people wanting to get in. We have some people who would play, and now they don't play anymore for whatever reasons. An interesting thing is that Wenatchee and East Wenatchee came; they both came Eastmont. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they stole our format, and now they have their own <laughs> right. just like we do. And they said, no, we're not going to come anymore. And then we looked them up online, and they're doing the exact same thing we are. So I guess... Yeah. Flattery is the greatest form of sincerity. Yeah, right, right. And so, um, anyway, that's the, it was, it's really Corey, uh, well, it was Shannon and Kevin, and then Corey Williams became the director of athletics right. at Liston, and, and they do the majority of the work, and I buy them coffee once in a while. Maybe. <laughs> and, um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a great partnership. Yeah, kind of break down this uh, field this year, you know, the teams that are in it, and, you know, maybe were there some teams that you invited that turned it down, maybe? Well, we, we lost the Phillips Falls girls because they had a coaching change um, on, that, on the girls' side, and so they decided to go to a different tournament, which is fine. Um, we have seven teams where we have both boys and girls, and that's, of course, Lewiston, Clarkston, Lathway, Moscow, um, Kellogg, uh, Pendleton. I guess it's, and uh, who am I missing? Prairie? And Prairie, thank you. And then on the boys' side, we have Shadle Park from okay. Spokane, and on the um, girls' side, we have Gradesville Varsity. So um, I like the fact that both girls and boys can play from the same school. Mm -hmm. I really like the fact that we continue to have a junior varsity portion of the mm -hmm. tournament, and, mm -hmm. and I let the coaches speak to that because I don't know that that really happens at a lot of holiday tournaments, mm -hmm. but it does at ours, and I think that's important. And so we use the, the respective high schools, Wilson and Clarkston, for that. Um, you know, last year of the of the 15 varsity teams we had, because uh, we had to slide a JV team in to the varsity tournament because of a late cancellation, mm -hmm. eight of those went to state mm -hmm. in their whatever division they're in, and a couple just missed out, you know, going to state. So the other thing I like is that there's big schools, there's little schools, and, and they generally do well at their respective um, classifications once they get done with this and move on to their actual league and, and postseason. So... 
Um, I, I like our field. They're going to know more about it. These guys sitting next to me are going to know way more about the teams than I am because they obviously play them and scout them, and, and I just watch games online a lot. Do you go in with a wish list every year of who you want to come to this tournament, or do you have, you know, like, do you have mainstays that you know, and then you kind of work around I, that? I have said to Corey and Shannon, my only real requirement is that at least half the field belongs to an Avista service territory that we survive, right. that we that we provide them with power. Mm -hmm. So when you have Lushton, Clarkston, Lafayette, that's three, and so we get one more. Right. So Moscow has been here lately. This year, you know, Shadle Park is, Kellogg is, Prairie is, Gradesville is. Um, really, Pendleton is the only one that we don't serve power to. That's right. my only requirement. So if they want to go out and with the with the consent of the coaches, want to go out and get other people, that's okay as long as we have four. Right. Um, and that's really all I care about. Right. Do you guys have like a wish list maybe of teams that you would like to maybe see here? Or, or do you like the way that it kind of works out right now? I mean, I think it's worked out very well. I think the nice thing about where we live right now is there's a lot of good basketball right here. Um, and, you know, I mean, I mean, Lapway obviously has, has done their thing the last couple of years. <clears throat> you have Lewiston, Clarkston, Moscow. Um, I feel like there's really solid programs there. So we don't have to go far. Um, I think for us, and, and I think, I'm not sure, Zach, but Idaho's the same way. But, like, <clears throat> for, in Washington, it's important that we have – that we play good teams and that we win teams because at the end of the day it's about RPI. Right. <clears throat> and then so all of this stuff matters. And and so if we if we don't bring in, you know, good teams to Mike's point that end up going on in the postseason, that can hurt us down the road. So mm -hmm. uh wish list is just simply that we get good basketball, uh good basketball teams uh that you don't have a chance to So you can build upon that RPI. It's it's important for us. And we you know at the end of the day we have to win as well. You know, so there's um yeah, it's, it's it's always that balancing act now that we have to be careful of. But uh, but they do a great job of bringing teams in. Yeah. Zach, you went on to play you know teams like Baker, Coeur d'Alene last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are big games for you. But I think for you know maybe the readers and the listeners, the biggest game that you could play all year is against a Lewis and a Clarkston. Yeah. You know, what, outside of a state championship. Yeah, yeah, obviously. But you know what? Uh, what what does that game mean to not only you know your boys on the court, but to the community as a whole? Well. I mean, anyone in the Valley knows when we, these kids all grew up together. Yeah. They're all mixed with each other. They all play on the same team. So when they finally, we all separate and go to our own high schools, it's always just a rival right there. And just with the kids, um, coaches and stuff, it's not really, I don't really see too much of a rival because we, we all understand about what's going on in our programs. We understand that, you know, we're going to win some games, we're going to lose some games. But I just think the area that we have, I don't think we have to go you know, why drive five hours and play teams that we might beat by a lot when I can go 20, you know, 10 minutes down the road and we can get one of the best games of the year. So I look at it that way is, and also I'm going to piggyback off what, with Clarkson coach, because I mean, the ranking system is different for Idaho now. This is, we're finally going to that max prep ranking like, um, spoke, uh, like Washington has done. So, I mean, if you look at our schedule, why is Lapway play all these away games? Why is because no one wants to come play a 1A team at home because it's, it doesn't do them any good. And this is something that we've discussed, I think, within the office here mm -hmm. this year in particular, whereas last year you guys were going around, I think, to you know, different places and mm -hmm. stuff like that. You know, I think you went to Coeur d'Alene. You, mm -hmm. you took that trip up there, mm -hmm. Coeur d'Alene and North Central. And it's like nobody – everybody – Everybody knows the reputation. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so nobody's going to come here. So you have to go and and find, you know, different opponents. I mean, what 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 is the strategy when you go and when you try to make a schedule out each year? So every year I look at a lot of what we did that past summer. I look at our past summer and how we did, and I, I look at the best teams we played that summer, and then we look at that, like, these are the teams that we can feel like that are – in our range where we could play it and that we build relationships with the coaches and we try to talk to the coaches and ask if they'll play us in a lot of terms it's yeah come play us at our place and that for me that's okay because state tournament it's not at your house right district championships not at your house yeah. and our fans go to our games right so we know that every away game we're still going to have our Still gonna have we're going to still have our crowd with us. So right. um, it, it also builds character. I mean, you go into hostile territory and you got everything against you, that win feels that much better when you go somewhere and you get a victory like that. And it's, it's always fun having home victories. But again, I, I feel like the away victories build way more character as a team. And even if you do lose an away game, you know, you have that like feeling of, we have to get better, you know. And what did we? What could we do differently playing this game? Is it getting there an hour early? We learn things from these trips mm-hmm. that when we get to state, we've already, we've already went through all that traveling part, and when we need to get there pregame, all that's already situated when we get to the state. You yeah. remember what that feels like to lose? Like, is that <laughs> forty-one straight? Yeah, does that I'm, I'm trying to remember. When, when was the last time that happened? Yeah, God, yeah. It, it almost happened last <laughs> night. Yeah, almost. That's what I hear. Yeah, that's almost. What I hear. That's what I hear. But what what's your philosophy behind scheduling? You know, obviously taking yeah. RPI into account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're very strategic about it as well. Uh, you know, I mean, we have our league, and our league is tough, uh, difficult. I, I, and I've said this a hundred times. I mean, we're very process oriented in how we do our stuff. So the process lasts. <clears throat> the first part of this process is the first six weeks. From November, middle of November to the end of Avista, mm-hmm. we go through this process, and then after that piece is done, then we can kind of really solidify roles and um, you know where we're at and where we need to go, what you know what we're good at, what we're not. Um, and so those first six weeks are important for me to be able to get, uh, you know, to be able to play good competition, solid competition, but also allows us to be uh, you know process oriented at the same time because we do at the end of the day we have to win too. Right. And back in the day, it used to be like. Didn't really matter what you did in yeah. preseason. Okay. Now all every single game matters, mm-hmm. which I, you know, honestly, not a huge fan of. Um, and on and there's times where it, it yeah, it's better for us to lose. <clears throat> we lost to Freeman, mm-hmm. and it's still like, it still just like gives me hives. I, I, I wish there. we would have well, lost by twenty. And he was there, and he told me <laughs> that you were pretty much peeling the paint off the wall. Yeah, I was not because happy, you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, is it just because of how they played or? The competitiveness of you, I mean, it feels like yeah. there's a lot of factors involved Well, in that. It, yeah, I think for us as team is right now, it's just it's a bit of a roller coaster. We can be very good at times, and, and then there's times where we're just not. And so that game just got away from us on, on all kinds of different levels, even from like a, a culture standpoint, which I just didn't like. And so uh, I'm, I don't, I'm fine losing. In fact, I think uh, losing for us is really important. Um, especially with this team because we're so inexperienced. Um, but that, yeah, that, that game was just anything that could have went wrong did go wrong. Um, and, you know, we ended up losing. I was just looking at the other night, I think by 10 or whatever it was. I wish we would have lost by 30. I mean, we deserve to lose by 30, honestly. Right. And, um, and they're good. I mean, Freeman's a solid team. 
So anyway, back to scheduling. I want to be able to play those teams. I mean, Freeman's a very good team, very right. very well coached uh, team, uh, and, and uh, you know always always competing for a state title. So trying to find that balance in the preseason is important. Do you, in your mind, you you've won forty one in a row. Mm-hmm. You probably had your toughest test. We're we're taping this on Friday. You had your toughest test on Thursday night on the road. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously you want to win. You, you want to continue winning. But would it? do you think it would benefit your kids maybe to have a loss? To maybe, like you said, build character? Um, that's a really tough question, to be honest. Um, no one wants to lose any game. Right. I mean, I think our pride and the way our kids play, they, they go to win every game. Um, but again, as a coach looking at it, I feel like a loss in the schedule it, it humbles it humbles you. It can also um, it can also bring out you know things in your team that you might not know. Winning all the time, I mean you have if you win all the time it's you, you you're always on that high. But when you lose and when you're down, how are your players are going to react? Right. And so that's the part I don't know yet. Yeah. So that's always the problem with the coaches. You you try to get ready for all these things that could happen and they still might not never happen. Right. So you're always planning, you're always hoping and that's what you know, you make sure you have good leadership and you have good assistant coaches around me because I can't do everything myself. And so if you have leaders that been can take that role and say, "Hey guys, win or lose, we're together and and we're going to get better." And at the end of the day, we want to play our best basketball in March. Win or lose, March is where it counts for us. Right, and I'm not advocating, you know, for you guys to lose or anything yeah. like that. It's yeah. or or you guys. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, does a loss do a whole lot better yeah. maybe in this scenario as you move along versus, you know, winning 41, winning 45, mm-hmm. winning 50, you know, 50 in a row. I mean, you you just don't know what goes into the psyche of I think it's important to like <clears throat> I've been there a little bit <clears throat> when we were winning. Uh, we went like 75 and three there mm-hmm. for like a, a stretch. Mm-hmm. Those three losses I remember were the best thing. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have won 75 games without those three losses. Yeah. Right. And I remember you can always feel as a coach like things are starting to crack here a little bit and wins will <clears throat> patch that up so quickly. Like you just feel good about things you shouldn't feel good about. Right. And then I remember, I remember specifically it was uh, our second, t- second state championship we had. We'd won however many in a row, and then we went up to West Valley and lost. And it was the best thing that ever did to us because you're right, it humbles you, and then it also makes you like, oh, we can lose. Mm-hmm. And then it, because if you lose in March or into February, you're done. Yeah. You know, right. you get another chance here, and it really ignited that team, um, especially like just prepared. Uh, you know, it's easy to not prepare anymore when you're winning so much because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, let's just roll the ball out there and, and go. Yeah. Although it's not like that, but. Your kids kind of have that mentality, right? So right, it, right. It really helps, honestly. Does it make you work harder? Of course, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, one hundred percent, absolutely. You can get very comfortable winning. Winning can be a disease, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be a, a, a scary disease sometimes. <clears throat> to drop down into some, some specifics heading into the tournament with your guys' team, Justin, mm-hmm. you mentioned the season's been a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been, I think, the three of your games this mm-hmm. year. Um, you know, where do you think you guys are at? Um, you know, you talk about being process oriented the culture you know where do you think these kids are at with the process heading into the Avista tournament I think they're extremely dedicated to the process um and and I would never say 
otherwise. I just don't know if they're, um, what, what, I, what I want them to do is learn a little bit more from each day of practice. And, and you know, the way that you prepare is the way you're gonna win or lose. Um, and I think we're, I think I'm like, our practices are good. It's really, I guess I'm kind of dancing around this because I'm not exactly sure. It's a team that I can put five threats on the floor and I haven't had that for a while where every person on the, on the floor is a threat um, on, on both sides of the floor. What we're trying to be able to get to is just get very balanced with that. Um, and especially, and, and Zach knows this as well, when you have a, a really good player, you're just trying to manage that piece. And so like, you know, with, with me at Xavier, uh, Xavier's a special talent and just trying to uh, uh, direct that in the right direction. And I've had really good players in the past with Jet or Trayvon, True, you know, whoever it may be. Uh, there, there's a way to do that. And it's, uh, we're just not quite there yet. But we also have a ton of inexperience. Zay and Landon are the only guys that have any varsity experience from last year. So I knew it was going to be a roller coaster. Um, so I love, I love my team. It's really one of my favorite groups of, of guys I've been around. Um, and, I, and I think at the end of the day, when we're in the middle of January or by the end of January, I think we're going to be exactly where we want to be. I can see it. I know where we're going to go. It's just getting to that point. Okay, so... Um Gonna go back to Ohio here. Uh, of course. <laughs> That's like Twenty-one minutes in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's yeah. I was gonna say it's taking long. Yeah. So, what I kind of like in your team in particular, um, and, and you know, you can stop me if I'm wrong. You know, oh, at sorry. any point. <laughs> Because you're you, you're known to do that to me, but that's okay. <laughs> so, what what I think of when you, when I think of your team and Xavier mm-hmm. is I think of early LeBron mm. when he first got started with the Cavs, where everybody's kind of waiting to see maybe what moment he's going to come up with, sure. and then you've got the other guys. Not that they're bad or anything, but they're standing around maybe exactly. waiting for that moment. Right. Am I wrong in that assessment to no. a certain extent? No, exactly. And I think that's part of what we're trying to get to. It's a fine line because you want Zay. What My conversations with Zay, and the thing I want, I want to say this first off is Zay wants to be the player that I want him to be. It's not like him and I are going back and forth on like what this looks like. We're on the same page of where he needs to be because... He's going to be a very good high school player for us. He's going to play college basketball somewhere. Right. And so what well, my goal is to get him ready for that as well. Mm-hmm. At the same time, yep. really embrace high school basketball, you know, because this is as good as it gets. Like, this is the fun stuff. You go to college, not so much fun. <laughs> right. uh, so he wants he's, – he's so thirsty to learn. And so, um, so I just want to say that at the beginning. But, yes, we have to figure out how to get four guys in double figures on the offensive end. We need to know on the defensive end – how to be positionally correct at all times, and then play as one unit. Um, and we're just not quite there on both ends of the floor. And there are times we are, and that's what's so exciting. At times we are, and I think we can be pretty dangerous. Well, and that's what I told Zach, too. I said, you know, one of the first things that I've told coaches when when I take calls mm-hmm. is if you have three to four kids who are averaging in double figures every mm-hmm. night, yeah. 80% of the time at least you're going to win. You're probably going to win. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because if we have four guys in double figures, and that's always been our goal, if we can have that, um, I hope defensively, you know, we're not going to give up 50, 60 points. You know? right. And so, um, and it just makes us difficult to guard. Um, so Zay's role for us is to be a playmaker, not a, not a, not a score, but a playmaker, and, he, and mm-hmm. to do that on both ends of the floor. And, and, and he has the capability of doing that, and a lot of times he does. Uh, but we need everybody really involved in that. 
process. You've been in a similar situation as well. Yeah. You know, I I kind of when I first got here in 1920, I think that was Titus's sophomore year. 1920. You really yeah. dating yourself? Yeah, right? yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, look at the receding hairline. You know, what do you expect? And, and all the gray. But I almost liken your 1920 team in the same way, where Titus is so dynamic. And not to say that you didn't have any, you know, other good players, mm-hmm. but it was almost the same dynamic, I feel like, where Titus could just go off mm-hmm. and, you know, again, you've got four other guys who are yeah. standing around. Not the same, maybe not the same this year in particular, but mm-hmm. again, another dynamic player in case. Mm-hmm. You know, so you've kind of been in that, that scenario as well. For sure. I think uh, going through that with Titus my first year, um, knowing that you have a dynamic player like that, um, I think by the end of the year we learned you can't win the final game like that. Right. And so as a coach, I learned as much as that from that because, you know, when you're seeing a kid score 40 points a night, you're, you're happy. Like, we're doing something right if he's scoring 40 points a night. But again, then when the losses come and you look back and you actually sit back on the film and you watch it, there's things that when the ball doesn't move, it's easy to guard you. And so what we're trying to do now is what I always tell my boys, like I'm, I'm putting you in situations to score. I'm not telling you exactly what to do, right. but I'm, I assess your abilities. So I'm going to put you in situations to score where I think is the best for you. And it's your turn though. You have to do the rest. And so I do try to tell my boys that each, each one of you has to be a threat. And for my better players, I say, what can you do to make them better? I know you can do it. But what can you do to make them better? And if that's not if that's offense, you know, we'll make it on defense. You know, talk on defense, play um, with excitement, play like the game like you love it. So, I mean, I learned a lot from that as a coach, and I'm sure um, you could say the same thing. You you learn from this situation, and you know what? Sometimes, I'm sorry to say, sometimes it works. Sometimes right. they're just that good where they can make something right. happen. And who am I to tell them not to do that? And that's the fine line. Right? And it's right. a fine line. It's a fine Zay, line. Zay is especially like that. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Zay, and that's why I think, I, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You learn a lot. I think the goal is, for me, is just to have them trust the system. And mm-hmm. I feel like our system works and it's worked for a long time. It's just really getting them to buy into that system. And, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll put them in the right spots at the right time to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... We can't, it can't be just like sometimes. It's got to be all the time because mm-hmm. I always like to say, you know, it's like I want to be playing chess when they're playing checkers, and that's yeah. important. And we can't do that if you're not trusting the system. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think of your sister a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, she's out there just playing chess. You know, these other guys, <laughs> these other coaches are just playing checkers. And, and I think the good coaches, the good programs have that piece. The system is, is really what matters, not the player. We talked about Case and Titus. I mean, how does it feel really to kind of go from a generational guy to really another generational guy mm-hmm. to lead your guys on the floor? Like, how special is that as a coach? Well, I, I think they, they learn from each other. You know, Titus, it's not what you do on the court. It's not what you do during the season. It's what you do outside the season, which counts. And if you look at every great player on every team, you ask them, what do you do in the summer? I'm lifting, I'm playing AAU, I'm hanging out with my teammates, great friend with all of your teammates, you know. Those are the things that great players learn from other great players. 
And so that's what I noticed a lot is that, you know, Case came in skinny his freshman year, came in maybe not in the best shape. He looked at Titus and he's six foot two ripped with no body fat. And Case is like, okay, I, I have to change. He, I know what I need to do. I know what I need to do. And then when you see him getting recruited by colleges, you see him getting all this attention, he got hungry. He got hungry. He goes, I want that attention. I want that. You know, and not to, he's not selfish at, at all. He's one of the most humble kids I've actually met. But he has that fire. It's in the inner his, drive. He has it in him. So when they when they when talk, sometimes when the game starts, I, I tell my assistant coaches, I'm like, look at him, look at him right now. And he is dialed in. And his you're gonna see it in some kids' eyes that they're they're different. And he just has that different look in his eye. And I see that same look in Xavier's and Clarkson's eye. He gets that twinkle in his eye, and you're like, okay, something, <laughs> something's going to happen. Here we go. And those people spark your team to play better. And that's what I'm, like I said before, Case, can you make everyone else better? And right now, he is. Do you guys ever feel like you have to rein, rein it in, though? <laughs> rein those players in? <laughs> I mean... Absolutely. And not necessarily, I don't think, in, and that's the, the fine line I think that I was talking about. It's like, they, I mean, cases, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're similar personalities. They're mm-hmm. very good friends as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they played with each other forever. They do have a lot of, of same things. So Zach and I can probably sit here for hours and, you know, dissect the, the mentality <laughs> of all that. But, um, yeah, I mean, the system. I just. I. My thing is always the system. You know, was that was that the right play in the right time? You know, within our system, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's a fine line. The same thing when I had Trayvon. It's like sometimes you just gotta let him do. It. He's the best player on the floor. Just let him do his thing. Right. At times, uh, but that becomes very one dimensional at times. Um, and I just don't think you can win at the highest level. Mm-hmm. For us, we cannot win at the highest level uh, without. A, a group of guys that can can win. How do you know when to let it go? How do you know when to let it ride? You feel it. You know it. You yeah. can see it. Yeah, you can just kind of be like, okay, he's going to go do his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and his teammates probably see it. Uh, that's when I'm like, okay, yeah, we're, we're good. And the other, But the on the other side of that is if we have somebody else that's going to do their thing, you know, if I have Carter Steinwin or something and he has mismatch, Zay's going to, man, he's going to feed him all day long. Mm-hmm. So it, it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably, I err on the side of, of collective kind of responsibility versus the mm-hmm. other way. So I don't know if I'm the best one to answer that question. But. <laughs> I think a good example of that would be the Colfax game. When, yeah. When mm-hmm. Zay dropped, what was it, 36 mm-hmm. in yeah. that game? Yeah. yeah. And, like, had a lot of three-pointers there. Uh, Zach, I think a guy that kind of gets lost in the shuffle, I think the last couple of years for you guys, it's a guy that's, you know, shined on the football field this year, mm-hmm. Terrell Allen with Jones. I mean, he is just a fantastic talent that with Case on the floor, I think, doesn't get as much love as he should. Sure. He's a senior. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a great game against Baker, too. Yeah. Kind of talk about the importance that he's been to your team over the last four years. So, to any good basketball team, you have to have a point guard. And to have a point guard, that's a coach on the court. So, he should know every play, whatever position, where everyone's at. And since his freshman year, he has done that for me. And I think some people with his, um, when he was younger, his size and statue could throw you off, you know? You know, five, eight, 140 pounds. And then you have all these other big athletes and they kind of don't look at him as a threat. But now people are starting to see that he is a threat and size doesn't matter. But also, you know, as 
some kids just mature slower, you know, and he's starting to grow in his body. He's sleeping all the time. I know he's going to, I know he's going to sprout. Like you can tell when a kid's sleeping and eating all the time, like something's happening and you're still skinny. Something's going somewhere. So he definitely, um, one thing I love about him too, is that he comes from a great basketball family. And so he has a great basketball IQ and that's what's the toughest thing to, to really get a player to have is if they can come in with a good basketball IQ, they're already going to be leaps and bounds above normal high school basketball players because some players look at me and say, Coach, tell me what to do. Him, he tells me, like, Coach, I see this. Coach, I can see this. And so having a leader like that also helps. But uh, I think this year, which happened in football, um, I talked to Coach um, Josh Layton, our football coach, and he's not the most vocal person. He's very humble. He's, he's kind of a little introverted at times. But during football season, he had to learn to be a, a quarterback and be a captain and, you know, teach everyone. And he had a young group with him, so he, mm-hmm. had, a, he had to be a leader out there. And um, the more he does, you know, the, the team was to do that. So I think it really translated into football now that because all Lapway kids play every sport, we have to with the amount of kids we have. So those football kids already coming in knew that Terrell was going to be a leader and he was going to be there and he's supportive. So... It does, it is hard having superstars on teams when you have players that, are, that should get the same. Um, but again, he knows what he brings to my team. I talk to him every day and it's going to come. It's, it's going to come. His time comes and that's the thing about him. Big moments, he's always showed up. Every big game we had last year, quarter lane, state championship, when our best players might not have been doing as well, Look at the store shed. Look who had the high points that game. Terrell. Best tournament last year. Mm-hmm. Had a great tournament last year. Yeah. Would you say basketball IQ-wise, he's probably the smartest kid on the floor for you guys? Um, I, I, could, I would say that just because of his passing ability. Mm-hmm. Um, he has two Terrells. It's a Terrell, okay, I'm going to take over a game. And Terrell, I'm going to take over the game for everyone else. Mm-hmm. And he has these two switches he likes to turn off and on. One switch, okay, it's my turn. And then the next switch is, I'm going to look for everyone else. And he ha- this year, I feel like it's a way more mixture because the ball's in his hands more this year. Yeah. So when the ball's in your hands and you, your coach trusts you, you can make things happen more. Basketball IQ and leadership is not something you can teach. No. I think it, uh, you, I would probably... I'd probably argue with you on that. Just maybe leadership. <laughs> maybe leadership. Yeah, I think the IQ piece, I think it only comes with experience. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, some kids play a lot. Some kids don't. And um, and that's okay. But I think for from a high school coach's standpoint, um, that's why I'm so process-oriented. I mean, and, and I think most, and mm-hmm. I know Zach is as well, you have, to, you have to teach your kids the how and the why. Um, and then the IQ starts to come with experience and, mm-hmm. and the day-to-day practice. I think leadership is a learned skill. I, I strongly believe that. I don't think leaders are born. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I think that that's a learned skill, and um, and you know, and, and they gotta want to learn that skill as well. But um, yeah, I think there's a process there too. Switching back over to the tournament, uh, Justin. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know the Golden Throne in this tournament. Yeah. You know, you've been to the finals of this tournament. Mm-hmm. You've been to the Golden Throne. Compare the atmospheres, and uh, mm. you know which one would you say? I don't, I won't, I don't want to say a better atmosphere, yeah. but just you know, compare the two. What's yeah. the differences? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know if there's anything like Golden Throne. 
you know, to be honest, just as environment goes, um, it's it's insane. I mean, uh, it's it's the best environment I've ever coached in. I, I would say my players, uh, if I asked, you know, the last 12 years of players, I think they would probably say that as well, even kids that have gone on. I mean, I just talked to Trayvon last week, and he talked about Golden Throne, you know, <laughs> and um, and he's playing, and he's getting paid to play basketball. So there's nothing like that. Now, I think a Vista, what that does, it brings in uh, uh, such a wide breadth of players and coaches, and so it's just this this place of eight teams, of eight players, of eight coaches, uh, uh, that makes the environment really cool. There's games going on all day. I mean, I sit up there and watch, you know, I'll sit up there in the hospitality tent and BS with Mike and sit there and watch games all day. I just love it, you know. So there's that's just that, that community piece as well. A lot of alumni are in the building. Like, it's just a neat feel. It's really a cool feel. But Golden Throne, man, I'm telling you, it's just a special, special night, you know. Yeah. I've been on the covering side of both of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach, for you, I mean, you've gone to, obviously, state championships. That's mm-hmm. kind of the big atmosphere, but mm-hmm. as far as like the regular season goes and rivalry-wise, you guys don't really have that regular season vibe. Mm-hmm. So what's kind of... Do you have an atmosphere maybe comparable to the Avista during the regular season? Or have you had one? Um, it's, it's tough to say, really, the environment, just because it's a tournament setting. I would, I would say probably close to state championship, just from the um, playing back-to-back days. Mm-hmm. I think that's the closest thing where I, I really try to tell people that, like, you know, we can't just right now put all, all our focus, coaches-wise, on one team. I have to make sure that just in case, mm-hmm. we got to know this team, that team, this team, this team, this team. So that's always fun because state tournament, you never know either. Mm-hmm. So um, I've always thought in Avista too, I've always wanted to be like, who schedules these games? I want to I know how they pick these games. So now if I'm sitting with a man, now I know. Every year well, I'm you like, can, you, you can ask. Yeah, like, <laughs> the guy's right there. So the question is. all the teams on a wall and throw darts. So like, actually, what we really do is. That kind of sounds um, like something we do. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to know, yeah. um, we... We put Lewiston and Clarkson on opposite sides of the bracket. Mm-hmm. When it started back as a four-team tournament, we obviously didn't want them in the first round together. Yeah. Plus, right. they play in the Golden Throne. Right. And back in the day, they used to play twice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's the first step. The second step is one of them plays early in the morning, and the other one plays at night, and we, we flip that. Mm-hmm. So this year, Clarkson is early. Last year, Clarkson played at night. Yeah. Lapway goes on one side of the bracket each year, either with Lewiston or with Clarkston, yeah. and this year, obviously, you're on the same side as Lewiston. Yeah. You played Clarkston last year in the semifinals. You played Lewiston in the finals. And then um, after that, if we have repeat teams, we try not to match them mm-hmm. right off the bat. I think maybe you played Kellogg, Kellogg. in yep. the opener last year, and I realize they're on the same side as you, but mm-hmm. Moscow had been in the early morning game several times because it was an easy drive for them to get down here for an early morning game. Yeah. So we moved them later. Um, it's not a perfect science. If you had new teams every single year, it would yeah. probably be a lot different looking. <laughs> yeah. we, and the other thing is, you know, I know Clarkston has played um, Shadow Park, Pelton, traditionally Shadow Park's in their league. Mm-hmm. So we obviously didn't want them to open immediately. So there right. are some logistical things, and Shannon and Corey and I do sit down, and we do draw things out. Yeah. 
So you you can blame me. I'm just glad, <laughs> I'm just glad you're in it. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's no blame. I've always just want, like, I've always known the, the splitting of the two and then the lap way switch sides, you know. But after that, I'm like, hmm, how are they picking these teams? Or who pays who now? Yeah. I know, I'm curious. To hear, why why Lapway is the one complaining? Usually it's everybody else. Complaining that they have to play Lapway. Yeah, exactly. yeah, right. Shoes on the other foot now. Yeah, what, yeah. what gives? When we get together, Zach in. March or, or May or whatever and start planning next year's once yeah. we have the field set we'll invite you to our <laughs> oh to be a fly on the wall <laughs> yeah. no I'm just kidding I, I just I whoever we play you know it's it's going to be a challenge no matter what because of the Vista and who's in it this year so you know I, I just really do want to see I like seeing you know the Lucens the Clarksons and the Lockways in the championship I just, I, for some reason, just being a local guy, I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that's the way it should be. But again, you have to do your job. And our job is there is to win game by game. And whoever we play, it's, it's, we have to be ready. I mean, breaking down this room, this could be a championship preview with the two coaches in the building. I mean, uh, Justin, what do you guys have to do in this tournament to reach the end? Um... Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I am so like day by day right now with this team. Um, it, it's hard for me. I just my I just get so focused on the Pullmans, the Lindens. Like I get so focused on at the end of the year. Um, you know, I'll spend a little time on a Vista, but I'm so much worried about my team versus mm-hmm. everybody else. And so yeah. I'm just hyper focused on that right now. And so it's hard for me to kind of look down the road, but. Um, so my goal with my team right now is just the the, the, the system and, and, and using the system to get better. Um, and if we do that, I feel like we'll be successful. Um, you know, I mean, our, our opening game, you know, I, we went to the Pendleton tournament to start the year. We didn't play them, but we saw them. They had two dynamic guards. Um, so we're going to have to be prepared for that. Um, and then, you know, whether we get Shadle or um, any of the Prairie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, either one of those teams, you know, I mean, we know a little bit about Shadle. Well, someone forgot to plug in the laptop. I don't know who would do that. <laughs> you but, moron. Yeah, but that wouldn't be me. But uh, I think we're at Justin, you know, just yeah. preparing for the tournament and where your guys are at. Yeah, like right. I said, we're just trying to stay so, uh, you know, again, I know it's boring to say, but just the process in our, in our system and just trying to get better every day with that. Um, you know, and Avista comes at a really good time because we're – we are we don't have an identity right now which is wild to me and i thought we would have this really solid identity by now and we just don't uh which makes me a little bit nervous so three straight and then we had the ellensburg game get canceled which was going to be a very good game and um and so we haven't played for a while we haven't played for close to two weeks and we need games desperately bad so these three games come in a really nice time for us to really con- again continue to build this like identity of who we are moving into january um so, yeah, one game at a time for old Clarkson basketball. <laughs> Zach, what about you? And, like, let's add on to that, too. I mean, you mentioned playing – it's kind of like stay where you play multiple games in mm-hmm. multiple days. You know, what's kind of, I guess, the film study been like, you know, knowing that you might have to play different teams as well? So, um, I have great assistant coaches. And so we do – I mean, they're all basketball gurus. They love going to every game. So, I mean – 
you look in the, if he looks in the stands, he probably sees Lafayette people there. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just the way it is. It's yeah. just the way it is. They, they're basketball people, and they're going to tell me everything that coach did that night. I got to listen to it and who to stop. He's got spies all over the place. It's just the That's way the is. valley is, man. It's the way the valley is. So, I mean, every game is step by step, but also, you know, you have – we try to – I try to break it down very easy. Strengths, weaknesses, key players. Mm-hmm. Take away their strengths. Who are their main players? And sometimes you got to go from there. And the way that we practice, we try to make sure that we're ready for anything. So we do, you know, offense, defense, every all of our sets. Um, and I think that was the biggest thing that what I'm doing right now is when you're in, I mean, Coach knows this, when you're in the beginning of the season and you start in a week, maybe and you might have these football players that just came there or just off football, you – have to focus on your guys that are know that are going to play a lot. So you're kind of more focused on getting your plays and everything. And now it's my time to make sure everyone is on the same page and that everyone is um, up to date on exactly what we're doing because it is hard focusing on making sure 15 kids know everything you're doing. So as the season grows, you have to start really putting these other pieces of puzzle and making sure that everyone fits. And so we have half the puzzle right now because we already had half the puzzle before I, we started. Mm-hmm. Now we're really trying to put that other pieces in where they can find their role. And we have team meetings at, before the season. And we always say, my first question is to every kid is, what are you going to do to make this team better? And that's a really tough question for some kids and it's a very easy question for other kids. And during the, during the season, that most likely will change. You know, roles change a lot during the year. So I always compare their, what, how they feel halfway through the year. And Avista is always a good, good place to say after this, okay, your goals are the same. What do you, do you think you can do more for this team? Do you think you can do less? Or you, you know, what do you see yourself as on our team? And I think me as a coach, knowing what they, what they tell me, that helps me a lot because it's, you're letting them speak. You're letting them decide on, this is what I want to do. This is how I feel. And then I let them know. Well, this is what you need to do to fill that role mm-hmm. and hope they do it. And I think there's a lot of, back to your question, you know, as coaches, you think one way, players think a different way as well. Now, that's not to say everybody wants to win the Avista championship. I mean, that's just a big deal. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tangible thing that players definitely want to do that. And we've been fortunate enough and, and Zach has won it as well. It, it's a, it's a big deal to win that. And so I don't want to, you know, not think that that's a big deal because it is. And it's something we talk about, like, gosh, you know, we'd love to be able to get back to that winner's circle of, of the Avista tournament because, you know, and the alumni that I had, you know, dinner with the other day, a lot of those guys won it for a few years in a row. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember the Avista, man. It was so much fun, you know. We won the championship. And it can really, um, you know, propel you into into January. So that's still that's still there, even though I stay so <laughs> one play at a time. Yeah, so both of you uh, kind of touched on around this time is when you get your players into certain roles mm-hmm. as a coach you know how do you kind of determine what these kids roles are going to be and how do the kids kind of respond to what their role is going to be on the floor yeah I mean, we, we have a, <clears throat> a very specific process that our kids go through at the beginning of the year and then throughout this first six weeks around roles um, we go through a process where the kid says you know what they think their role is their teammates tell them what they think their role is, and then I tell them what their role is, and we. But we do that in a collective way, and um, you know, to Zach's point, I mean, yeah, roles change, but by the time you get into about January, 
pretty locked in. Mm-hmm. You've had your chance, uh, uh, good or bad, to show us you know how you've elevated that role. Uh, and you know it's important to also tell kids, and it's so true, but it's so hard for them, and it's hard for I think any of us as you know every role is the same, no matter even if you know Zay obviously has maybe two or three roles. That's the most I'll ever give a kid at the most three. Um, and then, you know, a kid that maybe has one, but maybe his role is, you know, to rebound. It may not feel as glamorous, but it's so important. Um, and to really, uh, you know, bring that to real life versus just talk it is, is really, I think, the magic, if you can get to that point. So, yeah, we're, we're very specific on that. Um, and, and I think the role piece for me is always around, it makes your life easier. I'm mm-hmm. trying to, it, it, otherwise, if you feel like, oh, I got to do 10 things here tonight, but I only do two of them. Uh, well, then that kid, I'm putting that kid in a bad spot versus like, here's one thing that you can do for us. If you do that very well, you're good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that, that role conversation, I think, is extremely important, extremely hard at times, but um, I think it, it bears fruit at the end. What about you, Zach? Um, I think the biggest thing for us is buying in. You have to buy in. Mm-hmm. And buying in comes from our third team to our first team. And if you have people buy in, um, you might have kids that don't play the whole year, but they helped you get better and win a state championship. And then those kids my following year are now in a place where they can win a state championship now. Some of the kids on my team now didn't play at all last year, were on varsity and didn't play. Stuck it out the whole year, practiced, got their butts kicked every day, and now they're kicking people's butts. Mm -hmm. So... But them buying in and also as a coach keeping it fun basketball is fun I have to they don't, they don't want to come in today this is not a job you know they're student athletes you know they're coming here to have fun what can I do to bring basketball make it fun for them make it challenging and also win and it's it's hard at, at times for coaches because I'm not always going to be happy all the time I'm not always going to be but I know that these kids have to buy in. And for them to buy in, they have to trust me. Because if I can get these kids to run through a wall through me, what are they going to do on a court? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I feel like right now, a lot of my kids are buying into our system. And, you know, it's always, it is, winning helps. Winning does help. But also just us having our culture of, culture of us being good friends, being nice to each other, respecting each other, you know, making sure everyone's okay. So I think just, you know, everyone buying in is a huge part of our program because, you know, you can only play five guys. We have 40 guys out for basketball, so. Yeah, you know, and uh, you kind of touched on this aspect of it earlier, but I mean, I want to give, a pat on the back to all the Lapway faithful. I mean, you go to an Avista tournament or you even go to a game that Lapway is not involved in, like you said earlier, and, you know, there's obviously a big crowd. Um, kind of talk about the importance of the support that you have from that fan base. I mean, it's, you know, I kind of look at it like a, like a Seattle six-man, you know, yeah. football like that. <laughs> I used to always like, man, I want to steal that. I want to put it on a Lapway shirt, you know, but... You know, it, it is helping, you know, but also there's also always two parts to everything. You know, it can build great things, but also it could, you know, get players nervous, make them nervous every game that they have to perform at this high level. You know, they're going to hear it, you know, but also support and love. And that also is a great feeling, too. And, you know, we have kids that 
are from Lapway or not from or used to play for Lapway or not playing in Lapway anymore, and they all are supported the same. It don't matter where you're at. I think we're just basketball fans, and it can be college, pros, high school. But I feel like high school basketball is Lapway's specialty, and wherever the kids go in high school into college, they're there. So it's it's always nice to have. It doesn't seem like that pressure has gotten to them very much, yeah. you know, uh, for the most part. I mean, just this last, yesterday, while we were recording it with Baker, I mean, how have these kids been able to kind of turn it into another gear? Do you think it's because they don't want to lose that streak, mm-hmm. or is it just from everything that you've been implementing throughout I, the season? I think it's challenging them at practice. Yeah. I mean, it's all earned. This is, I mean, to play the way we play, a normal high school kid couldn't be in that kind of shape. That's all hard work, sweat, tears in practice. So if I can challenge them in practice and make practice harder than the games were gonna be, then then it's better for them. Then they can they can go out there and have fun. So and our practices are intense. Um, I'm very nice and during the games, but in practice, that's my time. Mm-hmm. I've always been told this. My dad was a college coach. He told me, in practice is your time. If you're out there screaming at them during a game, you're making yourself look like you didn't do anything in practice. You have to make sure that these kids are ready to go. And as for me during the game, then that's my time to motivate, to really push them to a level that they might not know that they have. So that's what I try to look at as practices, is our time to go to war and really try to figure things out. All right, guys, you know, I I have one other thing, and I wanted to talk to Mike about this. You know, was this what you envisioned when you put this thing together? I didn't know what to envision. I didn't know if anyone was going to come. Um, but, I mean, last year was amazing to me. To yeah. I mean, three days in a row, the place, you know, and, and I'll go back to your Golden Throne comment. Nothing is like the Golden Throne. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, it's just so loud. Mm-hmm. You can't visit with your friend or your girlfriend or your wife or I mean you just can't visit during the Golden Throne because it's just so loud this is loud at times like a basketball game Mm -hmm. really should be you know when someone makes a dunk or someone makes a big run or a big game winning basket but the Golden Throne is just loud all the time right for like turns out it's great I love it Um, I think the thing that is really impressive to me is that when I'm there and I'm walking around or seeing people or sitting up top and looking down is you see people and you're like why why are they here? Why are they, why are they, they, have, they have no contact with anything. Well, they like basketball. Yeah. That's why they're here. They don't have to have a kid or a grandkid or yeah. a son or a daughter on the team. They just like basketball. And that's what you see at this tournament is people, just random people who just want to watch basketball. And that's really what, what gets me excited is that it's not just the schools and their normal fans who go to every single game and relatives and stuff. Um, like Justin said, his alumni come home for Christmas to be with their families, and they come to this. They wouldn't have to. Mm-hmm. They could probably find something else to do, and they come. So um, I guess back to your question. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, as it turned out, it is, it's more than I ever envisioned. I never thought it would be this. Do you have any visions for what it could be like in the next 10 years? Well, I don't know that we I – mean, I, here's the thing that I love about this more than any of these other tournaments that I'm at least aware of. There's other tournaments, but they're, they're called classics, you know, where your matchups are set. And so you're going to play three games, but you know who you're going to play. Right. Um, I, 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 I'm competitive, and I like to have a winner. 
So I don't want to have a classic where Lapway could go 3-0 and and Justin and Clarkston could go 3-0. and And then it's like, well, who won? Well, nobody really won. Right. They went 3-0. and mm-hmm. I like to be a winner. And that means somebody isn't going to win. Yeah. Seven teams aren't going to win at all. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if we were to expand, what are you going to do? Are you going to go to 16? And then right. are you going to make these kids play four days in a row? You know, I, I don't know if that's realistic mm-hmm. um, that's with, with all the workers that are involved in travel. I mean, there's only five days in this week between Christmas and New Right. Year. So, um, you know, I, I go and, and I eat a lot. You know, <laughs> I, I also walk around and talk to a lot of people. And I have notes on my phone of people who come up to me and say, hey, have you ever thought about this? Or maybe you could try this. Or I'll say, what do you think about trying this? And so we try to make it better. We try to do something, Mm -hmm. at least one thing every year to make it better. Um, I just don't know from a standpoint of the bracket or scheduling or teams what we can really without expanding there. I mean, I guess obviously we get eight the best eight teams in the world. Right, be good. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't see it expanding. Um, So we just try to do the little things that hopefully are noticeable and just make the experience better for the kids. So what's the one thing, you, you said you have one thing that you'd like to maybe try to do. What's the one thing that might be a little bit different this well, year? Well, what's, what's different this year is, and you can't see it on the on the podcast, but we have a bigger program. And, and to, to most people, maybe it's not a big deal, but if you right. saw last year's program, mm-hmm. um, and, and you get to be my age, um, you couldn't read it. It's too small. And, and, the, and the radio broadcasters and the PA people and the newspaper people, right. you know, you can't, you couldn't read it. So yeah. we're, we're made our program bigger. And so it's a little bit of an expense, but it's worth it. Um, everyone's going to be able to read, you know, the kids' names. And again, it may not seem like a big deal to some people, but it's a big deal to me because we have, this is a retirement community. Right. We have a lot of elderly people who come to these games yep. to watch their kids or grandkids or just fans. Just, yeah. And they need to be able to pick up the program and say, oh, my God, I can actually see who number 22 is this year, where I couldn't the last nine years. So, um and it's got the best thing. hospitality room in, in yeah. all of oh, yeah. all of high school basketball. <laughs> easy, easy. And I think the I think it honestly is in a really great spot. Yeah, I, I just think, I don't I think there's anything else we can do except continually look for teams, you know, that can kind of come in and out. But mm-hmm. like I said, our local high school basketball scene, boys basketball, you know, I, uh, I know I'm not really sure girls wise because I just have to live in the boys world, but um, it's very good. And I don't think there's a lot more we need to do. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, God, if you could get Lapway to a tournament and then, you know, Lewis and Clarkson, you have Moscow here. Uh, I mean, that's about as good as it gets. Uh, I mean, we got Pullman up here, but, you know, we play them enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love Craig. He's a good friend of mine. But, yeah, yeah. two times, a, you know, three or whatever we play him. Is, yeah. is three times a year is too much, huh? But we have a really good basketball right here. And, and to be able to have this organized in the way it is, in the event that we have, the facility – and to be able to have a Vista sponsorship here is really, it's a special deal, I'm telling you. And I have coaching friends that can't wait for their holiday tournaments to be done so they can start coming here. Um, and I'm excited about that as well. Hmm. I think the only the only two local teams that I thought would be cool in this would be Pullman and Colfax. Mm-hmm. And I know Colfax. Colfax came. Colfax came. Colfax came. And they had Chief yeah. they won it. Yeah, actually. They won. Yeah. Colfax won it the very first year the boys did and the, and the girls were in the title yeah. game the, the second year. Um. They, I, I believe they left because they opted to go to Spokane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wall Wall was good, too. Yeah, and I have some friends in Wall Wall's program, yeah. and they just decided to play three one-off non-conference games, yeah. maybe Spokane yeah. teams or Wenatchee or whatever, people who weren't in their league yeah. but were right. more of their size. So I don't know that anyone has left um, – 
because they were dissatisfied exactly. with the experience. Yeah, exactly. They've just decided that's to go in a different direction, and that's yeah. good or bad. I mean, I hated to lose those teams too, but when you can grab people who hopefully will make yeah. it fun, will continue to try to do that, and I'm totally open to, these are the guys who play in the summer and coach their kids in the summer. If they see somebody in the summer in our field isn't set, and those guys don't have a set schedule, I'm fine with mm-hmm. with uh, Zach or Justin or mm-hmm. Brooks at Lisbon or anybody calling us and saying, hey, these guys, they're going to be good and they're interested. They don't have a schedule full. More than they're bring I think the only thing hard with us scheduling is that I am happy that Idaho gives us an extra day, if you extra game if you play in a three-day holiday tournament yeah. mm-hmm. because that gives us an extra non-conference game because we have 16 conference games. So for us, you know, and you put a Vista in there, that's 19. Yeah. So it does, you know, so for us to know that a Vista, they're always going to have good teams, that kind of takes the weight off my shoulders as a coach, knowing right. that I have to go find these teams that I can just go to my backyard. Yeah, exactly. All right, fellas, I think that's going to... Last comment, though, the coach over here is, every, every year at Golden Throne, though, he makes half my team pick sides. And I, love I do. Yeah, every year we're at we're at practice. We get done. Everyone, we, we always cut practice short because we're all going, and we all start looking at each other. And we all start. Okay, we're gonna scrimmage today. Clarkson's over here. Lucian's over here, and we scrimmage each other. And we always do it every year, and we think it's hilarious. That's and then we funny. go to the game. We look at each That's other. Funny. We point. Uh, we pick sides too, and I'm sure the valley has to pick sides. That's but it's fun. It's That's fun. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, we should, maybe we should have a three, three, three team Golden Throne. That'd be a, that'd be a ride. <laughs> Before we wrap this up, this broadcast is brought to you by Inland360 and Inland360.com, where you can find a complete calendar of regional events in a wide array. No, I'm not doing it. He usually does a thing. He doesn't do his thing. I'm not um, doing my thing. A wide array of uh, events in the art and entertainment scene over at Inland360. Com. But I will do this. It's where Justin Jones goes for what he does. Inland360.com. <laughs> guys, you guys want to shout out any uh, social media, anything like that, where they can find you guys yeah. at, or any final comments, anything like that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're on Facebook. Bantam Boys, I think. Clarkson Boys. <laughs> Twitter, Clarkson, or Bantam Basketball with one L because Twitter wouldn't let me use two L's for whatever reason. Uh, Boy, me along. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. That's where we're at, yeah. Zach, I know you guys are pretty... Yeah, yeah, we're, we're on all the social media, so usually we're pretty socially, uh, social media <laughs> on there, so we have a lot of players that are on there, but again, I just want to thank you guys, and thank you for inviting us again to this Avista tournament, and, you know, hope everyone the best. Yeah, Mike, any final words? Yeah, I just look forward to it, and, and one thing that I like to do is after this all over, I, I basically track all these teams to see how they end up, because you, you see somebody in person... And it's like, oh, that's cool. They're pretty good. And then you follow them later throughout the season. And I get try to watch these guys in person as much as I can since I live here. But even the teams from out of the area, I try to look to see how they did. And like I said last year, we had really good success with the yeah. teams that were in the tournament. They went on their own ways, and and a lot of them did quite well. And I think this, I think this tournament's. I mean, we haven't talked about Lewiston. Um, I know. You know, I mean, Brooks doing a really good job there. And yeah. I mean, they're off to a really good start. And they're gonna be a difficult out as well. For sure. Um, so yeah, I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of good basketball. And I think that's the beauty of this. It's a basketball junkie heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I can't wait till I'm not coaching anymore. I'm just gonna sit down there and <laughs> sneak myself into the hospitality lounge like yeah. I still coach yeah. and just sit there and watch basketball for three days, man. I, I think it's awesome. So it's 
it's going to be a good basketball game this year, and Lowson's going to be right in the thick of it as well. And I do feel like, you know, the white, the referees, I feel like our district has some of the best yeah, referees sure. in the state of Idaho. I've played all over, and I've never felt cheated or anything towards our referee. I feel like they're 100% fair at all of our games I've ever refed at an Avista and in our white pine league. So I shout out to the refs. Give us yes. a call. Yeah, shout out to the refs. Give us a call. You don't need calls. <laughs> shout out to the refs. They got a hard job. They, they do. do. Yeah. They absolutely so, do. And it's going to be nice for me. I get paid to go watch nice. all this basketball. At the you do? Yeah. Yeah. You, you get paid? Yeah, I get paid. I can understand this guy getting paid, this guy getting paid. You, How do you get paid? By uh, old Mr. Walden. Yeah, old, <laughs> old angry white guy, right? You know? Exactly. Watch the uh, the trade birthday classic. Yeah, yeah. How how old are you gonna be now? Two. Twenty four. Wow. Gets old. Gets old. Yeah. yeah. Hey, get, you ought to give him a piece of birthday cake. I'll see what I can do. We ought to have some in the hospitality room, Mike. You guys want to? You can follow me on Twitter at Trade Talks uh, for all your Avista holiday updates and maybe the occasional Jags football tweets done with the Kinnick They can find me at Waldo9939 or they can find the Tribune at Trib underscore sports. And I believe that's a wrap. Ho, ho, ho. Thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.